Hello and welcome to the ETPHD Mentoring Podcast, the business podcast that will help you grow your business and yourself within a flourishing and healthful life, whatever that looks like for you. Like, share and subscribe to the pod for the ultimate good karma and reach out to us with any questions that you have. The details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the ETPHD Mentoring Podcast with myself and Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello, I am good, thank you. I went to yoga this morning, so I'm feeling very, very chilled now. Very oh, chilled. very. Are you? Do you feel virtuous? You should feel virtuous. I do. I mean, I was not feeling that way before, which is why when I saw I had a free hour in my diary, I was like, "Yeah, do it now because you'll feel better for it." And then I can actually concentrate on work. Who knew? Oh, well done to you. Well done to you. I went to the gym and just tried not to cry the whole way through my session for no reason. Oh yeah like, you know when you just go in and and I thought I did two exercises and I thought just like it's one of those sessions you should just leave and I thought I don't have time tomorrow back to back tomorrow so I'll be I'll just think I'm here I'll just go through the motions instead and obviously you're fine when you go through the motion and then I got out and I sat in the car and I cried and again I was crying at nothing like nothing um so yeah I, that's that's me today so I, I would quite like to do, maybe I'll do a virtuous hour of yoga at home tonight. Actually, I never do an hour at home. 40 minutes. Yeah, no, like 30 minutes max, normally 25. Yeah, yeah but I'm limited with prenatal tracks. So like they're all yeah. roughly 30 to 36 minutes. So I do try and do the full thing, especially because prenatal yoga, you do a lot of like sitting on your knees between poses and things like that. So you just kind of like, oh, sounds ideal to be fair. Very nice. <laughs> It's pretty nice. I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh God, what will I do when I have to go back to actual yoga where they're like, and oh, just to make it easier, then don't like, I know they kind of say that in yoga, but they, they kind of want you to keep pushing yourself a little bit on the whole. So I'm enjoying it while it lasts. One of my old clients is now a yoga instructor. She trained with the same person that Ros did, which is really cool. Nice. You know, when you're like, oh, such a small world. Um, and she put up something yesterday and was like, three of the best things that you can do for your yoga. Um, and it was like to spend a session doing what you need to do, even if that's just child pose. I was like, there for it. I'm there for it. I know. That's real yoga mentality, let's be honest. Yeah. I can't even do child. I'm not supposed to do child's pose anymore. No, no, I can do it. My belly's not big enough for me to not do child's pose. So I should probably enjoy it whilst it lasts because I do you know, love it yeah yeah make the most of it while you can yeah do you know what I, I miss lying on my back that's all I miss really shavasana on my back bed on my back that's my thing and I'm no moaning but do you know what welcome to my day no I was thinking today this is actually work related sort of I was thinking today I was speaking to someone who is just an incredible coach incredible life experiences just really great and then I was on social media and I saw something not through ADPHD or anyone. And it was like a random explore page person. And I thought, this is really boring. And I thought, do you know, to be a business, to be a co- to run a coaching business, once you have baseline qualifications, right, and being a good coach, beyond that, personality gets you further than any extra qualifications ever will. And like, you can have... And this is not me telling people not to get further qualifications, obviously. Obviously, also do a EIQ. But it's more like 
people worry I think about not knowing the right thing to say or not being qualified enough to say things and obviously the coaches we work with are so like experienced or qualified and are qualified but no one worries about it being boring maybe that this is again this is not me telling everyone listens to this podcast to worry about that they're boring because this is not you but if we put more time into not being boring and by that I mean having a fun life like connecting with people like doing things that bring you joy doing things that make you laugh listening to things that make you laugh listen to things that challenge your viewpoint to challenge your viewpoint expose yourself to things outside your echo chamber we spent more time doing that than we did doing a qualification that was a repeat of a qualification we've already done but just under a different name people would all be we'd all be more successful and that was my thought of the day Noted, I'll go reassess my dry content. <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't on Explorer. It was actually on your page and I just thought, <laughs> it's really dull. I knew it, I knew it. I must try harder. Well, can I just say that I went onto my Instagram today and the last four or five posts I've done were all reels. Can we just say, oh, well, I know, I know. I've, I've noticed it, but obviously I don't want to be like, give you a... Thanks. Complex or anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite proud of myself, to be honest. I'm really like, noticed it the other day and it wasn't even intentional. And I thought, gosh, you are just like a social media influencer pro. I thought, <laughs> I should start one of those Instagrams. It's like small business. This is how to go viral. Not that any of them have gone viral. Still, anyway, moving on. Um, Should we start with questions? Do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with difficult conversations with clients, having had a client express her dissatisfaction in progress, brackets, because of resistance, how can you have a compassionate conversation without it coming across as blunt as you're not doing the work? Well, remember what compassion is. Um, it's actually one reason I really enjoy working with coaches is because I, I show a little bit of the fierce or compassion with coaches because when it comes to running your business, like I think that you want to be pushed a little bit more on the whole and a bit more, res actually you need resilience in both of these realms, right? Um, But remember compassion is soft compassion and fierce compassion and you are not being a compassionate coach if the person is not getting results and you haven't done everything in your power to support them to get results. Of course, there are going to be some people that, that don't change their behaviors, that don't, you know, have some, that do have some resistance or just don't make time for it, whatever the reasons can maybe, and this is not your fault by any means, but being a compassionate coach is making sure you've done everything that you can. And I think in those situations, you can have empathy and understand it. And you can say, I understand X, Y, and Z. What I'm hearing from you about the process is X, Y, and Z. Would that be right? And you go through so they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel understood. And you say, this is all completely valid. At the same time, in order for you to get the results that you want, we do need to see, like we do need to see action in X, Y, and Z. And I understand that because of these things, like it, you feel that it's been more difficult. I totally understand that. What can I do to support you to make sure that we're doing these things that are required to get results? And that would be how I would frame it because you're not, you like you're understanding, you're showing empathy, you're showing compassion, 
but you're also like but it doesn't change the reality that you need to be in a calorie deficit for example it or you need to be eating regularly in order to stop overeating or whatever it may be yeah i think the the key like you said is letting them know that you are listening to them um and you hear and feel the the frustration I mean, this this is someone that works predominantly with relationship with food. And I think if you can have, like, open up conversation around why there might be resistance, I mean, realistically, likely still holding on to wanting fat loss and talking them through the process a little bit more perhaps in, okay, well, why doing this first and foremost is going to support that long-term goal just so that they've got a bit of more of an understanding rather than maybe feeling like they're going through the motions with it all. Totally agree. Okay. <clears throat> Have you ever had experience with a client you've taken on and maybe they aren't in a... Interesting. <laughs> they aren't in a place yet to do the work and or there's a lot of resistance to change. That has been a question of, quote unquote, is this client right for me right now? And if so, how have you managed it? 100% yes. <laughs> 100% yes. There are, I mean, what what's what's the average amount of time people apply to work with ETPHD before they sign up? When the last time I checked, it was like four. Mm. And I, I would... I don't know, there's still a relative number of those that do then sign up that still maybe aren't in that place where they're... Mm. It's almost like the, the pre-contemplation phase, isn't it? Where they're like, I know something's wrong, but kind of this feels safe or I'm not sure I want what might come with change. Um, and for me, it's talking them talking them through that like again similarly to what we were saying like offer them the reassurance and like it's okay if you don't want to change at the moment like I understand that these things make you feel safe or comfortable and change is scary and humans don't like it but maybe kind of if I was going to say something and I don't know what you'll think <laughs> like, <laughs> you're fair but sometimes people, particularly if they're maybe struggling with self-worth, aren't in a place where they want to do it for themselves. So what are they doing it for? Like be that they've got a family, be that because they want to go dating and build relationships or have children further on in life. Like, okay, so that's your that's your driver for doing this work, even if you don't feel like it's for you just yet. I love that you're like, mm, don't know what you think. Like, I totally agree. It's like value <laughs> action, right? It's like for a lot of people, like we want everyone to be intrinsically motivated, right? We want, we look at like um, self-determination theory. We see long-term, like better long-term results when it's autonomous, when it's internally driven. But not everyone comes to us in that place. Like they might need that extrinsic drive or that extrinsic motivation. Why these disgusting photo shoot challenges with money at the end do so well because there's this extrinsic driver and we don't offer that because like it's grim but initially the extrinsic driver might be your praise as a coach your validation or something to do with other people 
um and that's totally okay we're trying to move people kind of down like to progress on that um I think from a more coaching perspective in the sense of how have you managed it and we kind of touched on this myself and this person in our call it, it's really important that you don't take things personally I think it's like always reflect and think okay have I tried this have I tried that have I gone down each route that I would like to go down and as you progress as a coach you'll have more ways of ch- you know doing things and your way of handling things and challenging people will be different as you progress as a coach and confidence and experience etc but I think sometimes and I've and I obviously did a whole podcast on taking things personally because we often will do this but sometimes when people are resistant we're like oh should I do more should I give them more what am I feeling at why are they not doing things what have I not communicated have I overwhelmed them have I not given them enough and like have the conversations and ask how can I support you better is there anything you know if you could say one thing that you would love from me right now what would that be I can't say that I'll do it but if it was anything in the world and and ask um and if you've done all of these things it's like some people are not necessarily in a place where whether it be a life phase or where they're at psychologically that they're in a place where they want to change and it's not because you're not the right coach for them. It's not because you failed them in some way. It's just that that person is not in the right place for them to do that work. They may well quit and they may well go to another coach and get great results. That doesn't mean that it's you and that the other coach is better than you. It just means that, you know, they felt a bit stagnant or they needed a refresher or they just got like this boost of motivation. There's lots of reasons and why that might happen. So don't take that personally if that happens, because that will happen too. Um, I'm still very new in building my business online, but this year I want to build more connections and authority. Would you recommend collaborating with others for events slash webinars, or is it best to do these solo? It, de- it depends. Like, what do you, what are you collaborating for? The, the the worst thing you can do is collaborate with someone who offers the exact same thing as you um has the same audience and doesn't bring anything different to the table than you do it's you're doing that because you're not confident enough to do it on your own and own that that's okay I've done that in the past many years ago um and my arsehole ex-boyfriend at the time was like I don't understand why you're doing this and I said well because it will be fun I'm not doing it for business wise he's like she doesn't offer anything that you don't already offer it it was not a very nice person so we'll leave it there but like and I still did it and it was fine but it but he was right one time um and so look at that and if you think like for example Emma and I come together on EIQ we have different we have shared values we also have different values. We have shared opinions. We also have different opinions. We have different strengths. We both have the same underlying kind of foundations of things. And then we have different strengths. And so with EIQ, that works really, really well. Um, so, and it's the same with ETPHD. Like every person on the on the ETPHD team brings something different, whether it be something different and everyone's got a different personality, obviously different than their personality or their qualifications or their preferences or, you know, so there's a reason um and so the same goes for you like you're not going to build authority by linking up with a coach who's the same as you and doing collab posts to the same audience or webinars 
etc to the same audience um you're going to build more authority by showing up and being like do you know what i can do this on my own and do it putting in a really good um performance with that performance is not the right word you know what i mean yeah i have i have nothing to add i do think it's a a confidence thing so i'm going to say we're going to be gently pushing to do it on your own <laughs> i like it okay have you ever struggled with your own relationship with food while coaching and supporting others to help improve theirs if so what did you do and how did you work with or around this to continue to support yourself and your clients thank you both as always 100% yes. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, I th- do you know what? I think probably there was probably been like since I've been working online and as part of ET- ETPHD, like there's probably been like for me it's very few and far between but last year was there was more emotional eating and eh, did I talk about it at the time there's probably there's probably like a couple of times where I'd be like oh, I emotionally over it last night here's what I'm doing today um but then once you're through it I think talking about it and just being like because we're human like I will never promise a client that through doing all of this work they're never going to emotionally eat overeat again so I think like bringing that side of things is really healthy and being like yeah but through all the work that I've done on myself here's what I did to work through it and I think it does masses to build trust in your audience as well I agree and I think retrospectively talking about things can be quite helpful and I've been quite open about you know when my brother was diagnosed with cancer and then I had a really hard six months or so that's when I went through my you know single mother by choice journey and like all at the same time and I gained quite a lot of weight because I was emotion I was just emotionally and I was overeating I was struggling like I wasn't struggling with my relationship with food as much as I was just eating that way and I was using food to manage my emotions because it's my learned behavior and it's the route that my brain knows and it has for a long time and I didn't talk about it until I was moving out of it. And I remember the reel that I did, sat in this position I'm in right now. And I was like, I've been emotionally eating and I've gained weight and da, 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 da. But I know all my tools and it's absolutely fine. It's not debilitating, all these things. But it wasn't until I was coming out of it that I felt able to say that. Because there is that line between oversharing and vulnerability. And you do need to keep that little bit of, I've still got myself together. But I say this as knowing that like that I want you to know that most people don't have their shit together most of the time and even the people that look like they do they probably don't and I was just saying to Anna before I came off here like I was just crying and having a wee I mean meant to be not too Anna but like so like but I've still got my shit together it's just like that's just a human emotion and so I've I've got some stats actually I was just looking up because I did a talk at Loughborough recently on disordered eating in our industry, right? In fitness professionals, 10 to 20%, this was a study done 2020. 10 to 20% of people in this specific study who were fitness professionals met the criteria for disordered eating. Almost 10% met eating disorder criteria. 
just about 30% were over the cutoff for body dissatisfaction and 60% attempted weight loss. And the nutritionists, this was a study also done in 2020, and nutrition, nutritionists, this is quite a high range, 4 to 32% of nutrition university students were at high risk of eating disorder. 23 to 89% could be classified as having orthorexia. 37 to 86% reported body image and fat dissatisfaction. 100% of students reported weight dissatisfaction. And that was, th these are relatively small scale studies. They're like, just in, like I said, small groups. But I say this as like, to try and normalize a little bit. And if we know anything from working like literally with thousands of people, a large majority of them are nutritionists, personal trainers, therapists, who struggle with their own relationships with food and it, I think when it comes to handling it it's about not letting let's say I am emotional eating you're emotional eating but that is not I'm a bad coach because I'm emotionally eating and I talk about it there the two things can coexist like you can understand emotionally eating you can know all the things to do but for whatever reason for you right now you're struggling to do it and I think it's important to recognize it and to kind of go, okay, what lens is this creating for me in my work? And is this impacting the work that I do with people? And if it is, then that's slightly different. It's like, okay, let's figure out how to manage that. If you're getting the right support and you can see that you can take you can see the lens that you're seeing things through, you can still be objective with your clients, then it's like, okay, you're a human being. And everyone's got their shit. Some people have food. Some people have alcohol. Some people have, I don't know, toxic relationships. That one didn't come first. Go me. Um, everyone's got their stuff, right? And some people have overworking, right? Everyone's got their stuff. Don't look at anyone and think, oh, they're easy breezy. Maybe they are. But I've not really met any people like that. Rarely do I meet people like that. No offense, Anna. Why aren't I included in this? <laughs> oh, sorry. I legit messaged Steph to say that I had a what I would describe as a toddler tantrum at the weekend because I was like, weekends are shit when you're having to like adult. I was like, no, I'm just gonna throw a tantrum <laughs> and then I'll get all the stuff that I need to do. <laughs> I love I love a tantrum sometimes. Sometimes it's very therapeutic. Maybe not for the people that you're with, though. <laughs> well, no, but we don't care about other people. It's just about ourselves. True, true. Um, how do you work through the frustration in knowing that you're holding yourself back? It's a pointless emotion. <laughs> worst piece of advice you'll ever hear from me you're so welcome anyway um but in the sense of like you can hold your you can recognize that you're holding yourself back and practice acceptance of that and and then change it right you getting frustrated at it is only stifling you from making change and taking action because you're wasting energy being frustrated as opposed to saying okay I'm, i recognize that i'm holding myself back I recognize that's from a place of fear or whatever that whatever the reason is okay what are my options here I can sit in that and be frustrated by it and allow it to win 
and in a year's time go, oh, look at that. I let my fear of succeeding hold me back. Call me. Or, that was quite harsh, but true. Only because I've done it. Um, or you can say, okay, I recognise I'm, I'm fearful, but I'm going to go for it anyway because courage is fear walking. And did you like that? We Glennon throw in there, Harbury. Um, but for, but could but because accepting it is not meaning that you're going to sit in it. Like in you, and I'm sure this person knows that. But like practicing radical acceptance is not saying, okay, I accept this and I'm going to be stuck in it. It's saying, okay, I'm accepting this and now I'm releasing the energy that it's taken up in order to like now I can actually put that energy into something more useful. Yeah, that's that's the route I was thinking. Like sitting in that frustration waste waste of time waste of energy and realistically you've got two choices well I, I would say you've got two choices either okay hold yourself back and continue and well you can't be annoyed at yourself if that's what you choose but you could also take the other option and prove yourself that you can do it yeah and look we're speaking to people in a business headspace right now okay and I wouldn't necessarily have the same answer when it comes to relationship with food stuff right but to some degree there is a large personal responsibility of this of like you say that you want this and yet you're not choosing to you're not choosing to action it and and that if you want to sit if you want fear to win then you can choose to let it win but own that it is a choice we are all terrified. I am terrified, especially right now. I'm terrified all the time. We were just talking about how I'm just going to have my baby strapped to my chest whilst we're doing podcasts and it will be so fine. Like most of us are scared all of the time, but do you want to join the ranks of people who are scared and doing it anyway? Or do you want to be joining the ranks of people that are sat at home, not doing anything because they're scared? Like, and, and I know that sounds quite, what's the word? I'm not diminishing the fear. And I think what's important too is like, sometimes I think catastrophizing is really important. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? And for me, with the privilege of siblings and a mum who, who owns a home, the worst thing that can happen is that I have to live with my mum and she will support me until I figure something else out. I'm educated, I can figure something else out. Something fails, right? I recognise the privilege of that, but, and I recognise too that for some people, failure in the past has led to something really dark and scary and traumatic so I totally make space for that and if 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 it's that level for you and there is a history there then I think therapy is a really really good option if that's appropriate for you but that's that's more one end of things I don't know where you are as a coach I don't know where you are as your history of, I don't know who this has this question so I don't know only you have the kind of insight into that I always go back to you know and it's I think we've answered it on the the coaching podcast before but it's kind of going back to well okay can you can you sit with that decision that you didn't push yourself and try something different I think that's enough more often than not to make me want to do something Mm. yeah and it's the future self thing like I really just do think I don't want to be in my 40s and then think, well, I should have done this in my 30s. I don't want to be in my 50s and think I should have done that in my 40s and continue on. I just think, but that's us. That's how 
we choose to live. And that doesn't mean that that's the right way. It's the right way for us. And, you know, you have to figure out what the right way for you is. But recognise that we're all terrified all the time. <laughs> okay. How do I stay motivated to work on my business? How do I stay connected to my sense of purpose as a coach? Oh, wait, okay, hang on. These are three different questions, so I'm going to separate them a little bit. How do I stay motivated to work on my business? Um, a bit like you stay motivated with your training and accept that you're not always going to be motivated, but you still got to show up if you want to be successful. Um, bit of self-compassion, I think. I, I agree like and accepting that you're not always going to be motivated like by at the moment for me at 6 p.m I'm like right that's me my brain is done I am like on the edge which is not great considering I've got scheduled calls for the next eight weeks at 6 p.m but I'll nap ahead of time um so I know that I'm not going to be motivated but I know that I still have to do stuff after 6 p.m sometimes and that you just go okay well the sooner you get it done the sooner it's done and they're not it's not client work it's admin or whatever you know so it's not stuff that's okay to just be like it's stuff that's okay to be like mm, like it is what it is and um but but on a more on a broader scale it's like well it's not like we'll find your why but it is kind of like well what are your values how does it align with your values what do you want what's important to you in your life and how does your business or taking action in your business align with that and more specifically what goals do you have and so something we'll work on together is specific values aligned goals so that each week you're ticking off your goals so it's not like I'm not motivated to change my body composition right now apart from to hopefully get bigger but I am like motivated to go to the gym three times a week or I can get motivated to get to Again, crying in the car I can get motivated or I can do it even when I'm not motivated I can go to the gym three times a week but if you said to me okay like can you commit to getting a PB changing your body composition all these things in the next year with your training I'd be like absolutely not it's too far away I can't think about that so and I don't really know why I care about that other than obviously the health thing um so it's I think stripping back and thinking okay well where can I, what processes can I focus on now? Can I set some short-term goals now um, that I can be motivated for? You have calls with me every two weeks. So, okay, what what do I need to do in the next two weeks? And that's it. Just focus on the next two weeks. And then find, obviously, the parts of your business that bring you joy. Like, my calls with people bring me so much joy. I couldn't do it nine to five every day. I would be exhausted, but I getting as many calls with people as I can because that's that gives me motivation to do more I'm motivated to post on social media generally not but that's fine oh I mean maybe this week with my five reels um but that's fine like you're not going to find the stuff that does bring you motivation motivation and and embrace that and enjoy that and just accept the other parts don't um they're similar I guess any suggestions when life be lifing and you're lost in your head that is impacting focus on work honestly I think thought redirection thought postponement can be quite helpful here in that 
it's okay sometimes where life takes over a little bit like that's totally okay and that will happen in your human being and we're certainly not the type of people that will be like it doesn't matter about your real life like work is work and you need to be doing these things all the time but work is work business is business and you can afford you know a week or two where things are a little bit slower you might be able to afford a month maybe a bit longer where things are a bit slower maybe three months like if something's going on like you can you can do that um but you can't allow that to continue 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 on um because your business will suffer at the end of the day your business is going to suffer and if you want to be self-employed I think it can be a really positive thing not to throw your emotions and numb them with work but I think what is incredible about the work that we do is that you can be having a really hard time but I get to jump on a podcast with one of my best friends and just have laws for an hour and that's my work and then I've and then after this I've got my other best friend that I'm about to jump on a call with for an hour and have laws with and then that's my work and the thoughts that I have going on right now I can't like I cannot afford to let them impact this because I want to show up my best for you Anna I want to show up my best for the people listening to this podcast our clients and that's what's really important to me so I think allow yourself the leeway for sure when life gets rough and it does sometimes it's like it's okay to be a bit reactive and I did a podcast episode before about being reactive rather than proactive like that's totally okay sometimes but again it's like find the gratitude and the joy in the fact that you can you can work you can do more work if your brain's going wild you can work and you can allow yourself the time designate some time to think about things journal do what you need to do don't just deny your feelings and throw yourself into work but how lucky we are to not have life life in and then go into a nine-to-five job where we absolutely hate it and all we can do is think about what's going on how lucky we are that we can focus on stuff that we do love to like that we love to do Mm. like practically I think for me when I have days that brain fog is really (laughs) strong I don't know what the (laughs) heavy I don't know um (laughs) for me it's adjusting like typically I might have a work block that's an hour and a half two hours but then it's okay well realistically I'm not going to be doing anything productive in that time so let's do 25 minutes and five minutes off and having those nice little breaks and also thinking like I am very sensory like if there's too much going on then I can't concentrate so again okay do I need to take myself to a different place where there's less going on have my headphones in listening to something I am binaural beats that's my jam at the moment but finding something that works for you um even if it's like going out for a coffee shop for a change of scenery um and I would say as well like sleep hygiene like if there's lots going on how well are you sleeping um are there bits that you can do to help support that a little bit more totally agree I think being able to be flexible with your routine is so important it's funny because it's like as a lot of the coaches who are working with people with in relation to food on this who listen to this podcast like They'll be like, oh, the importance of flexible dieting and allowing yourself to sometimes eat a bigger breakfast and then a smaller smaller dinner if you're dieting and all these things. And it's like, oh no, but my routine is, you know, 
blocked out like this and it has to look like this and it's like what if you're ill mm, yeah but then I'm not doing my routine properly and it's like do you want know you probably get a lot more done if you just are flexible with that as you are flexible with food hopefully okay how do I build a good relationship with using social media for business I, I think keeping in mind that it is for business like that's been helpful for me when I'm finding myself in a scroll hole and then that's not actually going to be supporting you um but I guess also like we talk about this stuff and like keeping in mind that it what it's there for and you're meant to have fun with it and not take it so seriously mm. Yeah, I agree. I think also just not scrolling. Like so one of the best things I've done for my relationship with social media is curate TikTok to be joy and to curate Instagram to be work. And so with Instagram, I scroll before I post, I engage before I post, I post, I scroll and engage after I post. And then I don't go on it again for the rest of the day. I might if I've got messages. I don't have any notifications on my on my phone for Instagram at all. So I'll never be notified about Instagram. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it for me. That's how I do it to maintain my boundaries. And then I give myself designated times where I go on and reply to messages. And then I give myself designated times where I post and engage. And then, like I said, that, that's it. Um, and then if you do feel the urge to scroll because you're a human being in this society, for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'll scroll on TikTok and I'll watch comedians and I'll watch, again, like being told not to wear my socks under trainer socks and all that stuff that's fine that's what I get from TikTok um whatever so I think I think that and maintaining boundaries with it is so so important um and as usual like not following people that are going to trigger you just like if it's like body image stuff and you're like don't follow 95% of thin white women same goes for business stuff if you I think if you get inspired by other people's like work things then great but if you're constantly going on social media and then you're comparing every single time like why are you following these people like why is that is it helping you it just seems like it's not motivating you you might think it's moving you to work harder but actually what it might be doing is just demoralizing you and making you think well what's the point so look at your feed and curate your feed and and look at that um and also don't like we check in Instagram first thing in the morning or like in your bed or anything can you imagine anything worse than opening Instagram at six o'clock in the morning in your bed and being bombarded with like a transformation picture I'm not getting like like I don't care if people do them but I can't imagine having a transformation picture of like a naked person in my eye line at 6 a.m whilst I'm in bed I just no thank you you know uh, I hear you yeah you know after um we talked about it yeah it was last week wasn't it I have even more full day of eating like real why are they I don't know and the fact that again it's like realistic I'm a nutritionist dietitian and I, nobody gives a shit stop to stop no, no, no. no I don't want to see it I really want, did we have this conversation on the podcast the other day where yeah. I really want someone, to, my person who I work with to do a, fake, a, a real one? Yeah. 
Because I imagine I did a full day of eating right now. And at this break, I ate two dark chocolate corn cakes, four cloves of garlic, a hot chocolate with oat milk, and half a cucumber. Mmm, and that is my realistic snack. Okay, thank you so much. Maybe I should do it. Although someone did comment, I would, I would, I would love it to be fair. Then I have to film in my kitchen, which is not aesthetic, which is fine. It's an excuse. Um, but I did have someone comment on my post the other day saying, um, so I'd posted about not being an expert just because I was pregnant and fertility, right? So yeah, um, and someone had posted say, and I, and in the caption I said something like, "Don't worry, like my content's going to stay pretty much the same. I'm not going to just start talking about pre post nail all the time." And someone commented, like a nice comment, and then said, oh, that's so good to hear. Don't go all, I like your content. Um, don't go all like pregnancy, blah, 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 or something like that. And I, it was a bit like, well, you don't really have it. You don't like a bit audacious, right? But I didn't say anything because it wasn't meant to be that way. And then someone else commented and replied to her and said, that's really insensitive. And people document their lives on this platform and her life is she's going through a new journey and why shouldn't she document it and good for her and I can't wait to see it and it was really eloquently put and then so I dm'd the girl and I was like that was a really nice comment thanks and then by the time I went back the girl the original girl had obviously deleted her comment because it was all gone oh I oh no drama in the comment section but at least it wasn't by me this time <laughs> always always um okay is it you or is it me you. okay how do I stay connected to my sense of purpose as a coach mm, values 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 some more I think what do I think yes values why don't you just like this is a really tangible thing, like make your purpose your screensaver, for example. Make your, like have it on your laptop, have it on your phone. Um, Think about, think. I think attention setting on the whole is, is extremely powerful. We do a lot with people we work with where every morning you either do like a little breathing session or you um do meditation a little bit of a mindful moment and I know this person likes mindfulness where you just sit in and, and you go okay what is my intention what is my purpose and and just there's nothing I think as powerful as revisiting that every day every morning and then again before you do calls before you do podcasts before you show up on social media checking in with yourself and saying like how do I want to show up if you think about how you want to show up so for me one of my purposes is like to be the most compassionate mentor to be the most compassionate um coach including fierce compassion which means getting results vis-a-vis -vis the first question um and so before calls I'll do remind myself of that whoever it's with I'm like okay this is perfect like not this is your purpose but I want to show up as compassionate or if I know I've got a hard conversation with someone I want to show up as like authoritative or collaborative or whatever it may be but these intentions are aligned with my like you know my bigger purpose and then I also think too celebrating the wins that are aligned with your purpose so when one of the coaches 
you know, like has a really good experience with one of their clients or they get really good signups from a launch or they have a really good month of income or they tell me that they've managed to take a day off without guilt, whatever it may be. Or if a client says to me, I haven't binged or, you know, whatever it may be. I don't internalize that as a me win, but I do to internalize it as a, that's a tick box in the direction of my purpose. That means I'm doing the things right, but you have to internalize those things and remember them as a guide to kind of, okay, that means I'm doing the right thing here. So maybe I should do more of that. Okay, I think we shall leave it there. Thank you so much for your questions. Keep them coming in. Thank you so much, Anna. Thanks. Bye.